This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is The Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makoko-Klela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our podcasters and every single person who has tuned in at this point in time. Today's show is about trusts. What is trust? Trust me, Lions. Trust me. You'll find out all about it. Okay, trust to trust you. I think everyone wants to know what the very question you ask. What exactly is a trust? When do you need one? How is the darn thing formed, Lions? And how do you transfer your assets into a trust? Mm-hmm. And protect them in the, uh, which is the fundamental issue of actually having one. Yeah. yeah. Some of the questions that we're going to answer today are the following. As a business owner, will a trust prevent creditors from getting their hands <laughs> on my, on my assets? <laughs> which is always a concern. One. Especially that business people, if things yes. turn sour, they don't want their assets to go. Mm-hmm. Can they shove it in a trust and walk out clean? Yeah, no, that's a very important one. How, how about if you are married in community of property? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's also a great one. Yeah. Will your spouse be able to get a grip on your assets? It doesn't matter how you're married in yes. community or by ANC. Yeah. Also on your death lines, uh, would having a trust save you losing a whole lot of money to, to the, to SARS on taxes? Eish. Yeah, no, that's a serious one. Yeah. Now there's one person in this town who, uh, who knows a whole lot about this. She's an authority on it. She's a specialist. She's written a book on it. Her name is Fia van der Spey. She's the founder of trust. Of, of this very company, Trustees, it's called, Trustees or trustees.co.za. She uh, holds a BCom, listen to this one, Lines, mm. a BCom honors, a master's in commerce, sure. local and international tax, sure. and she's also a chartered accountant, a CASA. Ah, okay. So we, now we, we don't mess around on this on this show. We get the best. This is the swaggest show in the world, <laughs> Gary. I mean, we bring the Rolls Royce of the Rolls Royce in studio, and they always bring the best advice insofar as your topics are concerned, and you are going to give us your, uh, the Facebook page and everything else. And well, let's, let's uh, bring in, firstly, FIA, P-H-I-A. Fear, fear, fun, despair. Welcome to you. It's so good to have you in studio. Thanks very much, Gary. Excellent. You advise on trust matters on a daily basis. This is your business, so I think you probably know more than most. Uh, you do. Uh, you read. I, I've read tons of your articles. They in the Financial Mail and all over the place. Absolutely. We live, dream, sleep trusts, yeah. and uh, we on a massive drive to educate the consumers. Mm-hmm. So yes, we. We want them to um, also live, dream, sleep their trusts and never be disillusioned um, by any creditors or SARS or ex-spouses. <laughs> <laughs> Fia has also written a book if you're interested in trust. It's called Demystifying Trust in South Africa. It was written to educate and guide consumers on trust issues. Wow. It's a good book. Absolutely. So anyone who really wants more, but I think after today… And I don't want to say that people will need more. And uh, today is just a teaser, really. So your book is available. 
Uh, yeah, our Facebook uh, page, "The Laws of Life" with Gary Hertzberg. Liners, you do the Twitter. It's at H Hertzlaw H E R T Z L A W, and you can always just pose your questions on our Facebook page, and we'll find a specialist within the specific area of law that you are actually uh, having queries in, and we'll talk about it and unpack it like we are going to be doing today. With a specialist, yeah, we're proud to be associated with Legal Talk South Africa uh, with their membership of I think it's Umper 175,000 members yeah. with their boss Ray Green. Yes, no, and it's constantly growing, and this uh, uh, partnership is the best of the best in so far as actually making sure that our people in our communities actually get the legal advice that they actually need on a daily basis. And kudos to you as the leader and the driver of this show, Gary, because you're doing a phenomenal work, and not only that, but you also do write uh, articles sometimes. Yeah, I do, lines. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Fear Fund Spay, the general perception is that a trust is for the rich. Uh, let's let's and I'll tell you why I mean we all know that people believe that but let's take a question that we got from off the Legal Talk South African page it comes from Nombo Viselo she says how does one go about starting a trust and what are the costs involved that's the general question and this is not from on the face of it wealthy she says I'm considering putting a property that I'm inheriting into a family trust I'd like to know how to go about that and what it would cost me so give it to us Gary that is such an important question Um, contrary to what the popular belief is that trusts are for the wealthy I think the sooner you start with a trust knowing that you're going to be wealthy one day Mm. and wealthy is also relative um, I think the sooner you start the better so um, if you wait too long unfortunately may become impractical to actually set up a trust and move all your assets from your personal name into a trust at a later stage we're going to talk about that later if we wake up late and we decide, you know, let's let's create a trust. We'll talk about yes, that. Let's yes. talk about the foundation phase now. Yes. So uh, to get back to the question, um, yeah. when to to actually register a trust, it's important. When it, it should be a part of your estate plan. Um, it's not something in isolation, uh, event driven, such as you know, I'm buying a property now. Should I have a trust? I think mm. it's a much broader consideration to start off with. Mm. Um, so to start a trust, I think it's very important to actually speak. To the right people to assist you, a trust is not some standard document that you um, you know uh, put together and basically change names and change ID numbers and there you have your trust deed. It's very important to get somebody to help you to tailor make the trust around your specific requirements, and therefore that would determine you know what the trust is used for, how you protect yourself, um, the whole purpose of the trust. Is there a benchmark? If I've got a hundred thousand, I've got a million, I've got five million I've got just a property yeah. when do I create the trust there are so many considerations and we'll talk about the the number but mm. I think other considerations um, that you have to take into account is risk um, a lot of people are starting up their own businesses and a trust is a magnificent tool to actually help you to safeguard against creditors so mm. there's not a number right so if you if you have an asset whether it's it's a million rand whether it's 30 million rand um, it is at risk if it's in your personal name and not well protected in a vehicle such as a trust. Um, people always want to refer back to numbers. Um, for those who don't know, um, there's an estate 
duty um, abatement of three and a half million rand per person. So if you want to come back to a number for a couple, that's seven uh, million rand. So the receiver um, haven't uh, adapted that number for a long time. And for those who know, the Davis Tax Committee um, has been uh, looking at trust for uh, the past number of years. And there were suggestions to actually overall the entire um, estate duty uh, provisions, re-looking the numbers. Um, and we thought probably this year, if anything, that was going to be touched. So we saw the only thing that was touched in, in this budget speech was, um, you know, changing the, the, the estate duty rate. So the 7 million rand hasn't been touched. So Okay, let's talk about that 7 million. I'm a couple yeah. with my wife or whatever. Yeah. If we've got seven, if one of us dies or both of us are killed in a car crash, yes. the receiver revenue gets nothing under seven and a half million rand. Is that is that correct? Yes. So uh, that's, that's why we have to refer to the couple. There's yeah. three and a half million per person, limited yeah. to seven, and then. If one spouse dies, yes. there's this rollover between, you know, spouses. So the, the, the three and a half million would go from, from the deceased spouse to the, to the surviving spouse. Mm. There you get your seven million rand. Mm. And once that last surviving spouse dies, then mm. it would be seven million rand. But so, now be careful when you remarry and remarry because, you know, it's not three so, and a half million. Sorry, if, if, if one of the, one of the spouses dies, then there's no tax on his three and a half million. It goes to the the other spouse. Yeah, while while the 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 the, the there's a surviving spouse, yeah. all assets would roll over to to the to the remaining spouse, the surviving spouse, and only upon that spouse's death, yeah. then there will be um, estate duty. What is estate duty? How much is it? Estate duty uh, used to be twenty percent mm. um, of the net estate. Yeah. Um, but the receiver has this year, for the first time in a, in, in a in long time, adapted that rate. So estates in excess of 30 million rand is now 25%. Um, so that and, b- and below that? And below is 20%. Okay. Mm. So 20 and 25%. Okay. So if I'm a, a person going into business right now, I'm 30 years old or 25 years old, do I need a trust? Best if you start a trust before you accumulate wealth. I don't think any of us start a business not to create wealth, right? Yeah. So, therefore, it's critical to actually get your structures in place, uh, put the shareholding what in the trust. What does it cost for you? Um, careful to get uh, uh, the cheap and cheerful uh, options um, mm. because this is a very important document that you have to make sure people actually made the effort and spent the time with you. Um, so I don't think it's something that you want to do cheap. But uh, uh, at the going rate, I would say anything from about three, three and a half thousand rand. And I've heard people charging up to about uh, 12, 15,000 rand. So I think it's, it's pretty much, you know, on whose door you knock. Now, does that trust need to be audited on an annual basis? Absolutely not. Uh, I think that's a, a massive misconception where people think it has to be audited. Mm. Um, you have to make sure it states in your trustee that it hasn't have to be audited and that the trustees may decide if they want to have it audited at some point, but who, it's not a requirement. Who um, do, is it? It's just a, a normal, a normal part of my tax return. Is that or, or not? Who, who puts in on a on a trust? Yeah, a, a, a trust is is it's, it's a funny animal. It's mm. a it's it's not regarded as a as a, as, a, as a legal entity that mm. can transact on its own. Mm. It has to be done through the trustees. But certain acts, such as the Income Tax Act, regard a trust as a person. Mm. Therefore, it gets taxed on its own. 
Um, so a trust has its own tax return. You have to register every trust with SARS and submit the necessary tax returns on an annual basis. Are the tax rates the same as an individual or different? Absolutely not. And that's, I think, where a lot of people have been uh, put off lately from, from trusts. Um, with the, um, the, the focus on trusts, um, the uh, income tax rate for trusts is 45%. Mm. That is the marginal rate for, for individuals as well. And then for capital gains tax, it's 36% versus individuals maximum 18%. But um, if you look at the number, it scares a lot of people away. Um, But you have to look at um, how you actually structure your transactions. Remember the trust, and I think a lot of people don't know that, a trust is the taxpayer of last resort. In other words, the trust doesn't automatically get taxed at these higher rates. You start off firstly with do you do you tax a person who probably gave uh, interest-free or soft loan to the trust? In that instance, all income generated from that interest-free loan or donation gets taxed in the hands of the person who did that. Secondly, the trustees can decide before the end of the financial year whether they want to retain that uh, income or capital gain in the trust mm. and let the trust uh, be taxed on it or whether they distribute it to the beneficiaries. And for those who follow the Davis Tax Committee, there's been a massive attack on the conduit principle, which means you can literally, that the trust is just kind of a flow through. So the, 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 the income or the capital gain de- gets taxed in the hands of the beneficiaries instead of the trust. Now that still remained. So SARS hasn't managed to, to remove that very, very, very core pr- principle to trusts. Let's talk about who the trustees are. Who would I point as my trustees and how does it operate on a day-to-day basis, yeah. the trust. I think people don't often understand the different role players in trusts. Mm. If I can explain a trustee, a trustee is the decision maker in the trust. Whether you're a beneficiary, whether you're founder, well, the founder should normally not have wide powers, but just to, to, to set up the trust. So the trustees are absolutely critical people to appoint and also to deal in your trust deed. How do you appoint follow-up trustees? Because that's where the shenanigans happen. Mm -hmm. So trustees, as I say, the board of trustees are the decision makers and it's absolutely important that you actually have the right people on that board of trustees. Do I nominate someone from my family or someone from my attorney or someone from your company? Interesting. Um, uh, from about uh, 2010, the courts uh, got tired of people abusing the trust form, mm. and often the banks uh, suffered as a result of abuse by by trustees. So they started making noises to have this person called an independent trustee representing uh, trusts, just to make sure that the trust form is not abused. Mm. Um, so that's been coming from about 2010, um, and last year uh, the master in a a, a directive in March last year said from now on every family business trust as they defined it will now have uh, independent trustee. So any new trust that uh, that uh, are registered have to have an independent trustee. Mm. And then the master went on to define what that person looks like. Mm. Um, it is typically uh, an independent professional person um, such as a lawyer or an accountant. Does he, does he get paid for that? Trustees are um, entitled to be remunerated. So mm. I think it's whatever's been negotiated between uh, the board of trustees and then this independent trustee person. Okay. And I just need to say yes, it can also be a, a company because a lot of people, there's confusion, doesn't need to be a, a physical person or can it be a company represent represented by a person. Mm. Let's take another question, then it'll lead to where I want to go. It comes from uh, 
Where does this one come from? Nomvuyo. She says, is it wise to transfer the house to a trust? And if yes, how does that work? Yeah. When you decide about where to house property, I think property is so broad. Um, the very first important thing is if it's your house, your primary residence, you really need to think carefully. Why do you want to put it into a trust? What's the advantage? I think the overall reason why people would put it into a trust is the risk argument mm-hmm. uh, more than a numbers argument. Give, give me the risks of having it in my own name as against it being in a trust. So now you're, you're a business owner um, and um, – you you uh, incur any business risk. Mm-hmm. Now one of the creditors are coming after you. Any asset held in your personal name, including the shares of your company, the membership in your CC, um, the house that you have, your cars, your clothes, everything is at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the event of an attack or a liquidation. So anything that you actually remove away from yourself, such as a trust is then not forming part of that. Well, on that very note, can't the creditors, uh, it's called pierce the veil, can't they say, hold on, that trust that's sitting with that beautiful house is yours. Absolutely. And I think it's not just set up a trust and then you're 100% protected. I think that's where a lot of people actually get it wrong. Mm. And I am of the firm belief that a lot of people are not educated sufficiently in terms of what you need to do with this animal called a trust. It needs to be administered on an ongoing basis. So um, a lot of people may have heard the term an alter ego. It basically means an extension of yourself. So a lot of people, um, especially in the old days, set up a trust, but they literally dealt with the assets uh, of the trust as if it were their own. So they buy and sell. They instruct the so-called independent attorney. I've I've now bought out. I sold a house. Just let's just do the paperwork. That's Mm -hmm. not how you go about with assets in a trust. You have to actually involve the board of trustees. Mm-hmm. So if the, the, the creditor uh, or your ex-spouse or SARS can prove that you actually were just using the trust form to hide your assets behind, they probably can can pierce that veil. And mm-hmm. there were court cases where that's been proved. And the courts are getting, as I said, quite tired of people abusing the trust form. So you better make sure your ongoing administration is done. You've got a bank account. You registered this animal for, for, for tax. You submit your returns. These financial statements. You have your annual meetings. So there's a lot to do to actually make sure you can prove that this animal is kept alive. Fia, there are a lot of disgruntled spouses that uh, when they get start getting divorced, they find out that the man or the woman, but generally it's the man, has no assets in his personal name. It's all in his darn trust. Oh, and their lawyer says, well, you can't nix cranny because it's, he doesn't own anything. It's all in his trust. Is that is that nonsense? It's funny that uh, there's a lot of court cases, and unfortunately, it was always the poor women who, um, you know, were, were 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 suffering. But I think you know the women are also getting clever now, so they probably start having their own trust. So, but traditionally, typically, the the the, the husband started their trust and said, you know what, don't worry. One day, when I'm no longer there, just use that file. Everything is sorted. And once you know get to to a divorce, the the wives often you know realize too late that. They're not a trustee, the decision maker of the trust. So they've got no say. Mm. They, uh, if they're not a beneficiary, it's even worse. So if you're not mm. either a beneficiary or a trustee, you literally have no say. Um, at least if you're a beneficiary, uh, you have rights in that you uh, can 
um, ask for proper administration. Sorry and to interrupt. What happens if the husband makes his children the beneficiary, excluding his wife, which is the general case? Then, then as I said, yeah. unfortunately, that poor wife has absolutely no say. She can't even ask for, for financial records. At least if you're a beneficiary, and there are court cases where you can actually ask for financial statements, um, to see that the trust is administered properly. Um, but as I said, often the poor wives are, are none of the two, and then basically uh, you cannot really attack that trust. Lan, do you want to ask? Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to find out uh, how important it is to have a trust and a will, and are the two different? Yes, that's a very good question. Yes, yeah. um, uh, a trust, remember, is, is, is if you want to compare that, it's almost like a company to house your assets in. Um, a, a will determines what must happen to any assets that that are remaining in your in your name. It also deals with things such as do you want to be cremated or buried? Um, who do your follow up trustees should be? So it's important when you have a trust to make hundred percent sure your will and your trust complement one another. Okay. And that was the latest article I've written. Uh, we see a lot of people where. Two different professionals, um, the one set up the trust deed, the one set up the will, and, you know, they never actually looked at the other document. And then often there's, there's, there's conflict. Now you must remember a trust deed is a, is a contract, it's a legal contract, so that's gonna override a will, mm. however sad that may sound. Um, so it's very important to make sure you do your will and your trust, let them actually acknowledge one another. And then also important in your will to deal with such things such as your follow-up trustees, etc. So they need to acknowledge one another. People want to later on in their life transfer assets into a trust. They've started doing very well. Um, they want to put their stuff into a trust. What is the tax on that? Can you just take your house now and transfer it to a trust or do you pay tax? How does that work? I wish it was uh, so simple. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, we know that SARS are not favoring uh, trusts a lot. So they've brought in all sorts of provisions to scare people away from um, having trusts and to, to house their assets in there. Um, there are a couple of of costs that you have to consider. As I said, you may still get to a point where you say, I'm running such a risk in my personal name that I don't care what these costs are, but you have to be well aware. Mm. If you move that asset from your personal name to a, a, a thing such as a trust, there is this new cap, not new, the capital gains tax implication. Mm -hmm. It is regarded as a disposal. Yes. So there will be capital gains tax There's on your transfer growth. duty. There's yes. transfer duty if, it, if it's a property. Yes. Um, and then also, how do you get now this asset probably paid off uh, from your personal name into a trust? A trust doesn't have money, right? And that's exactly where SARS's latest attack came from, where they now tax these um, interest-free loans where people historically transfer their assets into the trust. The trust typically doesn't have money. Yeah. So they do it on, a, on an interest-free loan because now people don't want to pay income tax on the interest. You can't you donate the, the house, can you? That's also a well, problem. Well, of course you can donate it. But there's but two implications. Yeah. First of all, donations tax at 20%. Yeah. Straight mm -hmm. away, yeah. uh, with the first hundred thousand, obviously, uh, you know, being free uh, because that's your annual allowance that you have. 
part. Now remember what we discussed earlier. If you donate or if you transfer an asset at a soft loan, then just be mindful that any income that you may produce from that property, if it's not your primary residence, Mm -hmm. will now be taxed in your personal hands because that's an anti-avoidance tax provision. So remember that the trust is the taxpayer of last resort. So first, it's going to be that person who made the interest-free loan or the donation. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, it's the beneficiaries who who we transfer the, the, the income or the capital gain to and then lastly it's a trust so just be mindful of the tax consequences later on um, if you transfer a property okay i just wanted to ask you would you advise people to buy a house under a cc or pty ltd as opposed to their names just so that at least it's under a juristic person as opposed to a natural person and later on transfer the rights of that into a trust is this yeah. your, is this where you want to go? Cause it's not really a trust yeah. question. Are you yeah. comfortable? No, no, 100%. Yeah. I yeah. think a lot of people say, you know, where do I put this thing? You know, yeah. what, what should be held in the trust? Mm-hmm. Um, I think again, you need to understand, you know, what, what your, um, what your objective is with buying this property. Um, are you going to live in it for a long time? Because remember, even if you transfer it into a company or a CC, you lose that primary residence rebate, that two million rand capital gains yeah. benefit mm-hmm. straight mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, but now say we transfer it into, into a, a, a CC or, or a company, those shares must be held by somebody or something. It can mm. either be yourself in your personal name, then the growth will happen in your personal name because that's what you're going to transfer one day into the trust, right? Mm. So mm. again, same story. So now the, the, the house's value uh, increased in the in the company. Now the value of the company increased. So mm. by transferring those shares, it triggers the same capital gains tax. It triggers the same uh, funding issue. Um but there are there are circumstances which it makes sense to actually you know insert that um, extra legal entity um, from a tax planning point of view going forward. So Bello is the one who actually wanted to know a question that I asked you a few minutes ago. Can I register my property in a trust now and take it out? To my name, I'm not quite sure. Before I sell it to avoid capital gains tax, <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting one. Yeah. I think it's a loaded question. Yeah, it's so yeah, I think just a couple of oh, prin- you may work for SARS. You've got to yeah. <laughs> a couple of principles um, to take out the property uh, is regarded as a disposal because now the remember the the the, the trust now so to speak, sells the property to yourself and that disposal triggers capital gains tax. That's how the capital gains tax laws work. So um, to just transfer it uh, out of your name, out of the trust into your personal name is actually that disposal that, that the capital gains tax is triggered from. Truthfully, Fia, a trust to uh, the average employee who's on a job and he earns well is not very appetizing the way I see it. I know it's your business, but I can't see the great advantage to an employee. Am I wrong about that? I think that's why we jumped in and educated people a number of years ago. Um, there are uh, so-called professionals who went on this drive to sell multiple trust structures. And unfortunately, a lot of, you know, as you say, uh, employee uh, type uh, people actually mm. got caught in this net. Mm. And a lot of them have had like three to five trusts where they bought these properties in. There was this whole structure uh, to build uh, a property portfolio. So unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are only employees who should probably ne- never have had trust in the first place. Yeah. But now they they're actually, sitting they're sitting with them. So I'll mm. say that like half pregnant right now. So you can't just look the other way. Now you have to actually make work with what you've got. Mm. Um, so it is sad because I think a lot of people in South Africa have trust who should probably never have, you know. You've, you've written extensively on 
on wills, make sure your will and your trust, and but especially your will document to the, to the average person out there, is properly drawn. And I know the banks offer these free wills. Yeah. What is your opinion on that one? Do we go to the bank for a free will or what should we do? I'm of the view if something is uh, too good to be true, it probably is. And I think the will is the last document in your life that you want to, to rush or mm. get cheap or free or so I think you know whether ever you pay for it or or not pay for it make sure it's tailored for your personal circumstances it's not just changing a name and changing ID numbers mm. it's very important to tailor that document I think to the banks today your, have quite specialized departments so I yeah. think they should be credited with that but yeah. in any case yeah. before the banks sue us uh, we, we've got like a, two minutes or so left how do you want to sum up and I give you the floor. Go ahead and yeah. say whatever you want to say about trust. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, coming the last couple of years, I think trust definitely has a place. Uh, trust benefits are um, for the following reasons. First of all, it's asset protection. So as I said earlier, a lot of the people who've got uh, businesses or just need to get, get risk away from themselves, a trust is the only vehicle if you set it up properly, mm-hmm. um, you can achieve that. Secondly, it uh, continuity upon death. Um, you know, upon your death, the trust literally just goes on as per normal. Um, it provides liquidity if it's well structured and you make provision for it. Uh, often, you know, estates are frozen. So a trust, as it just carries on if you've got liquidity in there at least it can support the family and then lastly it's not not a benefit you know that people should aim and, and have that they prime reason for setting up a trust but you still if you if you structure it well there are still estate uh, uh, duty advantages mm-hmm. um, but when I actually wrote the book and I did a lot of research I realized a lot of people only think you know one day when I die you know is the trust going to be worth my well but I don't think if people consider really with all these modern diseases such as Alzheimer's, you know, are you ready uh, and with everybody's uh, children that are going all over in the world, are, are you ready if something happens to you such as, you know, uh, getting Alzheimer's that you are actually property, properly looked after? So trust, remember, you're already um, happy with the board of trustees. They know you. They know your circumstances. They know your needs. So it actually may, you know, have almost like the fifth, you know, category of benefits. Mm. Excellent. Mm. Um, Yeah, thank you very much. We've been talking to a a person called Fia van der Spey, and she's from Trustees. Do you want to spell it for us? Uh, Trust, double (laughs) E-Z-E. Okay. .co.za if you want further information. Many thanks for making your way here. You're in Johannesburg, but I know you travel around. Correct. Thank you for this. You are the uh, authority on this, and we appreciate your time. We'll Thank call you. you back again. Uh, we've got stuff that we need to talk about next time. Anytime. As well. This is CliffCentral.com.